From the Vaults, audio from Edmonton's past. This recording consists of an interview of Jesse Campbell conducted by David Leonard on September 1st, 1977. This material was originally recorded on a 5-inch open reel tape and was digitized by an archivist on August 24th, 2020. This interview was being conducted on the 1st of September, 1977 with Miss Jesse Campbell, a long resident of Strathcona and Edmonton. Now, Jesse, perhaps we should start out by asking you where you were born and when you arrived yes. in Strathcona. Well, I was born in Dumbarton, Scotland, and came to Canada in 1910, along with my mother and seven members of the family. So we left my father and a sister at home because my father he wasn't able to sell his business before we left, but he waited behind to attend to that. Mm-hmm, right. Yes. You had a brother over here already. Oh, my right? brother here was here six years before we came, so we were fairly familiar with conditions in Canada before we came. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, we got the weekly plane dealer. My brother subscribed for that. Oh. And we used to get it every week. For some period of time. Before we came. Uh-huh. So we really knew a, a lot about Canada, at least Edmonton Early, yeah. in particular. Well, South yes. Corner, shall we say. There's South not, Corner, yes. Not that much news about Edmonton. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Well, and, uh, well for, I, uh, I won a, school, a prize in school for uh, sewing, so that gave my mother the idea that that's the line that I would follow to make my uh-huh. livelihood. Okay. And in Scotland, if you didn't continue with your education, you usually uh, chose a trade. That was the next best thing. Uh-huh. So I was apprenticed to the millinery. And this was in Scotland you were yes. doing this? Yeah. And uh, I spent four and a half years. Mm-hmm. Altogether in the millinery. And the first year, I wasn't, received no remuneration at all. It was an apprenticeship. Mm-hmm. And I worked for a whole year without any pay. Mm-hmm. So at just about that time, my father decided to come to Canada and uh, to take advantage of the opportunities it offered. Mm-hmm. And being a full fledged milliner, the only way I could continue in the business was to start a business of my own, which was out of the question financially. Yes. Did you ever think that you would do this later on in Strathcona? Yes, yes. But in the meantime, I got work in the post office. Yes, you had to take what was immediately there. Yes, at that time. Mm -hmm. So, before you came, were you apprehensive at all about what the conditions might be like, maybe the cold winters? No, nothing like that. It was an adventure. An adventure, yes. Yes, and more something to look forward to and dread. That's right. I know some people were a little bit dreadful off the wooden buildings they had out here. Well, that's the impression I had. It was so... uh, It wasn't permanent at all. There was no stone buildings, wooden Mm -hmm. sidewalks and wooden houses. Yeah. When you came from a place where everything was stone, Mm-hmm. and cement. <laughs> mm-hmm. I see. Well, when you arrived, did you have a place to stay? Yes. My, my brother uh, had arranged with uh, for a furnished house for three months uh-huh. so that we were well taken care of on our arrival. And then, of course, we started to look for work then. Uh-huh. And uh, we were very fortunate in getting into something. Uh, Mr. Mark McIntyre, who was immigration agent, in Scotland, uh-huh. 
and it was Mr. Thompson, the postmaster, was his brother-in-law. So through Mr. McIntyre, I was able to start working the post office. Post office, yeah. And her sister also started. She worked for nine years before she was married. See, in the post office? In the post office, yes. So there's just the two of you in the post office? Well, there were others. There was a couple of men that mm -hmm. time. And so it was really a family concern? Yes. Then, and in fact, a, a younger brother, well, he came, worked out to school, but he passed away when he was 17 with pneumonia. Mm -hmm. But he did work part-time in the post office while my sister and I were also employed. Right. Now, the post office, uh, where was it located at this time? Well, the building still stands. It still stands? Yes, where the a part of the a dental mechanic business is next to pancake shop. Right, here, that almost little next building next to the Smitty, or Smitty's pancake house? Is well, it is. It's about three doors from the corner. Uh -huh, but the cor where the pancake shop is, it was a drugstore nearly always. And the uh -huh. postmaster, George Thompson, he had a, he had conducted the business there too at one time, a drugstore. A drugstore in that, yes. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. So this was right in 1910. 1910, yes. Well, what salary were people? Well, well I got $20 a month. Just $20 a month. And we started at 8 o'clock in the morning, went to 7 at night, and part-time on Sunday. Part-time on Sunday, right? Yes. I, uh, I know that in these early years, mail was was usually delivered twice. Yes. Twice a day, six but days a week. Yeah, uh, yes, yes, that's right. That yes. There's no half holidays, you know, in those half days. Holidays, no. <laughs> <laughs> or five day week. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yes. Well, you uh, remember very well some of your colleagues in the post office during this time. Yeah. Well, well, they came and went quite a bit, you know. Mm -hmm. A lot of coming and going. Yes, there was. And, uh, and oh, I, I, uh, they were all very, it was a very happy time. I enjoyed every minute of my work. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was interesting to work with people of, of different experiences, you know. And, I suppose, yeah. And the postmaster himself was a, a, a just a, fund of knowledge about the earlier days before before 1910. Oh, he had come up yeah. from Calgary by a, a wagon. Mm -hmm. There was no railroad back when he came. Oh, in the 1880s then. Yes, he slept under the wagon. It took him several days to come from Calgary. <laughs> and uh, they, there was some, somebody had the business of carting people back and forth, you know. It was mm -hmm. a regular business. Sure, sure it was. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. Well, at what time did you move into the the new the, well, well the no post office the new well, post office? Well, some time before the government took it over. Yeah. Uh, I would say about 1912 we moved into the new building, but there was no furniture or fixtures. They all had to come from the east, mm -hmm. and they were delayed in some way. So they had to make uh, temporary wickets and the. Uh, and places, you know, for to mm -hmm. substitute for what was on the way. Mm -hmm. So there was a man came from the east with it when the, the furniture did come, and everything, the, the partitions and all, had to come from the east. Mm -hmm. This man came up and uh, assembled it all here. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
And in 1913 is when the government took it over. That's right. Yes. So I suppose the building itself was functioning pretty well on the same pattern as yes. the north side post office Yes. Huh? See, yes. And the, the boxes were installed because they belonged to the postmaster up to that oh, point. He, he, he rented them out at two dollars a year. Uh-huh. Yes. And they were fixed with the key. Yeah. Well, that was an interesting thing. Some of them, it was a combination lock. They said two letters. Oh, yeah. And uh, the family could come and get the mail. You didn't have to have the key. I see. Yes. Locker. Yeah. And very often people would come they left their key at home and it depended on me to open the box from the inside. I could open the box uh -huh. from the inside. Yeah. And that was a good part of my work, <laughs> was opening the boxes for yeah. the families who forgot their key. And, yeah. well, I suppose you knew most of the families oh, yes. that came in to get their mail. Oh yes, you knew them all by name. Uh -huh. yes. So there's never any... That's it. Perhaps I wasn't supposed to do it, but yeah, anyway, you knew the where. Most of your work during these early years in the post office, was it sorting mail? Well, we did everything. We sorted mail and did, and handed it out, and mm -hmm. uh, then we issued money orders. Mm -hmm. And uh, the most, uh, Steve and Company was the most popular place to send yeah. money to. <laughs> yeah, and those days, yes. Yeah, so mail order. Nearly all mail order business, yes. Mm -hmm. Well, you mentioned that uh, you were here three months, uh, house temporarily for three months. Yes. Where did you move after, uh, after that? Well, we rent had to, uh, we, a new house had been built, somebody had built a new house, we moved into that, mm -hmm. and we stayed there for a year, mm -hmm. and then we moved again, and uh, the next time we moved was into our own home here on 86th Avenue, hundred and four. I see. Yes. The building is still standing. It's still, oh, there. yes, it's still standing there. Yes. That would be 60, 64, 67 years ago. Uh -huh. Well, we're here a year or two before we moved in. It was 67, 1912. 1912, we moved into our own, our own home, mm -hmm. and we were there until 19, yeah, three years ago when we moved in here. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, how many children were in the family at that well, time, at the time of the move? Well, we were, uh, one brother, the eldest brother was married, and there was uh, seven children and my mother. Mm-hmm. Yes. I see. Yes. That's quite something. Yes. Well, having come to the West and establishing yourself, do you recall any outstanding impressions you had of this country as it would contrast with Scotland? Well, of course, the extreme cold was the, the extreme main cold was the big thing. Big thing, yes, uh -huh. yes, and of course, it was. We were very homesick the first year we came. We could have gone back any day if we'd had the yeah. the with all. But it, it, we got to love Canada, and it was to my mother who had so many children. It was like a new life because she was bringing up the younger members of the family, all the mm -hmm. older ones were getting married, and uh, she had, life was full of interest to her mm -hmm. because she had this younger family to care for, and it really was like a second youth to her. Mm -hmm. I see. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, how do social conditions compare? Yeah, well, you know, money was very scarce. You couldn't entertain a great deal 
but it was very simple, such mm -hmm. as having friends for a meal, mm -hmm. or going out to visiting them. That was the main entertainment. Mm -hmm. And of course, uh, uh, our, we didn't have much in the way of entertainment outside of the home. Uh, somebody giving a lecture or somebody giving a recitation, a reading, these mm -hmm. were the highlights to us. Perhaps we belonged to South Kona Baptist, but Knox Church and Metropolitan Church, mm -hmm. they were, were very close. I suppose a lot of the social life of the community took place within, within the, the, the churches. Of the within church. the churches, yeah. yes. yes. We were invited back and forth to different churches. Mm -hmm. yes. Were there any cinemas? Well, the it, was it was a sin to go to a picture show when we came to Canada. <laughs> I remember when my eldest brother took another brother to the picture show for the first time, my mother was very shocked. Because <laughs> We changed our mind about that afterwards. Yeah, so what, what cinema was this then? Well, um, there was the Bijou <coughs> and the, the, there was two, the Deluxe. Mm -hmm. They were both in Edmonton. In the South Side here. Oh, the Bijou in the South Side? In the South Side, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they were well patronized. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Yes. Mm -hmm. Were there any uh, drama movements, any drama or groups? There were more choral groups, I would say, mm -hmm. than, than drama groups. Of course, we always had a Scotch concert once a year. Yeah. <laughs> and we always enjoyed that very much. Yeah. And uh, I uh, didn't belong to anything like that. I belonged to the Business and Professional Women's Club for 35 years. The, the, what club was it? The Business and Professional Women's Club. Mm -hmm. For 35 years I was a member okay. there. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of your activities. Yes, yes, we we a lot of it was there, yes, and we attended. The, I went attended the YWCA for quite a number of years too. Mm -hmm. Learned to swim and skate, and we learned to play tennis. These were mm -hmm. highlights in our. Uh, what, what about vaudeville when it came to the Pantheon Theater? Yeah. Oh, did you oh, oh yes, I yes I attended that. Mm -hmm. I had a boyfriend then. Yes. Oh, these were these were uh, very exciting, you know. Yeah. Yes. Did you see Harry Lauder when? Oh he yes, <laughs> and it it was the water was coming in the roof and he came on an umbrella. <laughs> 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 That's all the, the Empire Theatre. Yes. It's still standing too. The trucks. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. See, yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, you sound as though you would have gone over to Edmonton quite often. Was there that much intermixing between the it, south and the north side? Oh, there was a lot of coming and going. Between the, we had to pay <coughs> a, a, if we went all the way around in the bus to pay double fare. Mm -hmm. But it was cheaper if you get off at the foot of the steps, the McDougal Hill, and walked up the steps. Oh, I see. Yes, and yes. So. Uh, but it was that you got quite a few tickets for a quarter in those days. Yeah. I just forget how I many. Yeah, but you say you took the bus, but it didn't take the streetcar. The streetcar, it would be the street. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Now it would be over the low level bridge. Uh, yes, yes, okay. until the high level was built in 1911. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, prior to the building of the high-level bridge and amalgamation, yes. was there 
much um, favor for the idea of amalgamation with Edmonton? Oh, the all property owners were very keen because they expected to increase the value of their property and thought it would bring a lot of business to the south side, which had the opposite effect. It became a more a residential part instead of a little town of it by itself. That's very yes, good. the business went over the river. Uh -huh. yes. mm -hmm. yeah. Of course, people used to walk back and forth quite a lot, you know. They walked. Uh -huh. They thought nothing of walking over to over town and back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. At about the time you arrived, the University of Alberta had just opened. Yes. Mm -hmm. Did you know any of the early... The prefect the, the early uh, professors, early academics it, at all? Well, I just knew that someone used to get their mail to our office. Mm -hmm. After a while, they used to come with a horse and buggy and pick up the mail. Mm -hmm. That's when we moved into the new office. But before that, they had their own mail boxes, you see. Mm -hmm. But then they, when they opened the post office at the university, they used to come every morning with this mm -hmm. horse and buggy. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that amused us was one of the, the president's wife demanded that she would have her mail on her breakfast table. Mm -hmm. She asked, which, which she couldn't possibly have. She wasn't entitled to that any more than anybody else. Mm -hmm. But she thought she should have her mail on the breakfast table. The postman <laughs> was still in the post office at that time of day and hadn't gone out. <laughs> <coughs> Did you know uh, Dr. Tory at all? Well, just through having seen him at the university. No. Yes. Mm -hmm. no. yes. Or how about A.C. Rutherford? Oh, yeah. Well, he was a, a member of uh, the church I attended, you oh, see. you must remember him. Yes, well, very well, yes, yes. But what sort of individual was Oh, he, he was a very fine man. He was a lawyer, of course, yeah. tree. I remember when we built our home, we had to have a, a mortgage, and it, we did business through Mr. Rutherford. Mm -hmm. And uh, when we paid the final payment, he said, uh, my brother, he said, there are not many people carry out their promises and mm -hmm. have things cleared up by the you know, the time it was stated. It was very complimentary. And that was, it was a very small mortgage, of course, in those days, but just while they were building the house. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. okay. Oh, yes, we knew him very well. Mm -hmm. And the family. And Mrs. And Mrs. McQuaig, his daughter, yes. We have pictures of her. She was in the tennis, played tennis with her. Uh -huh. Yes. Yeah. Yes. What about... Uh, Premier Brownlee, of Scotty. Oh, oh, yes. Well, we, we don't know anything about him except what we read in the newspaper, which at one time oh, took up a great deal of, <laughs> of the paper. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. I met Mrs. Brownlee's sister once. I was going to the old country and I was staying all night at the YW in Montreal when I met Mrs. Brownlee's sister. Mm -hmm. And she was in the she was a member of the the Consumers Association and she was attending a convention mm -hmm. in Montreal. I see. Mm -hmm. But that's as near as I came to the Brownies. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. How about any other 
outstanding individuals and so mm. kind of produced so many. Oh yes, but a uh, are there any that stand out in your mind? Well, you know, there's a great many characters, but I just uh, uh -huh. how about the shepherds? Oh uh, yes, well, I just knew the family. Uh, uh, they lived next door to the postmaster, so I heard quite a lot about the shepherds. Uh -huh. Yes. One of the shepherd girls was married to one of our postmen, uh -huh. George Oldham. He's in that picture that's at the post office. You know, there's a oh. picture in the post office. Y yes, <laughs> Yes. And, yes, Mr. Shepherd's son-in-law was in that. So I see. Yes. There is a, a couple of English people that they were quite elderly then, but they had uh, worked at the Strathcona Hotel. The, the wife uh, did the cooking. I'm not sure what the... The husband did. He may have been a bartender or somebody. He was very good at watercolour. Mm -hmm. But she was addicted to laudanum. To laudanum? Laudanum. You know, that's an, op an opium. It's a form oh, of opium. Right. But the postmaster told me a story about once Sunday night late, uh, he was in the store, his drug store, and uh, somebody came to the back door wanted a supply of laudanum. So he made it up for them and went into the front of the store to wrap it up and uh, he handed it to her and after she was gone he found she had taken the whole bottle of laudanum the stock and trade of the supply of laudanum she had taken it away with her while he was in the front of the store is that right? yes was this sort of thing common taking this yeah, oh yes laudanum is, is a very old old form of Dope, you know. Uh -huh. yes. yeah. But it was common in Strathcona. No, I no. Not too much. No, right? that's only two instances I knew of. Uh -huh. These two, yes, the woman went off with this old bottle of it, <laughs> and uh, Mrs. Sharples was a lady that uh, was a cook at the Strathcona Hotel, and she used to decorate the wedding cakes. That was one job she did very well. Mm -hmm. But she was just half asleep when she was doing it. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Of course, her husband, uh, Dad Sharples, was a, a character as well. Yeah, yes. Do you recall him at all? Yeah, oh, the fa yes, oh yes, the, the husband. Yeah. Oh yes, yes. He, he, uh, she was the one that did some painting, you know, watercolor painting. Oh, that was Dad Sharples. Yes, yes, mm -hmm. yes. Okay. Then there's one son, Willie, Willie Sharples. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, the early history of the Strathcona Hotel is quite colorful. Oh, well, yes. Although a lot of it, the colorful history took place yes. before you arrived at that. that oh, yes. Well, then there was a, um, the other hotel, that, and it was called the Iroquois Hotel when we came here. Mm -hmm. And uh, What was that? It's uh, Alan, the Iroquois Hotel. What was it built for? It was built like a hunting lodge for um, people that came from the east. Oh, yes. Oh, but it became a hotel and it had a bar too, you know, uh -huh. and uh, it was quite a busy place. <laughs> where, where, where was it? Well, it's, you know where uh, the filling station uh, the the uh -huh. station stands, the corner of, see, yeah. opposite the post office on the, the south side of uh -huh. the street. And uh, there was often, they used to say the only excitement there was was when the kitchen caught fire. <laughs> in the hotel there, 
uh, you know, and, uh-huh. and when we'd be a runaway horse on White Avenue. <laughs> <laughs> that happened quite often, too. I suppose, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it was about 1910, 11, that the commercial hotel was built. Yes. That must be, have been the outstanding hotel. Yes, it was. Then. Yes, yes. And that's when the Princess Theatre was built. The picture showed it close together there. Uh-huh. They built at the same time. About the same time, yes. The two brothers, the McKernan brothers, they're, they're very old-timers here. Uh-huh. They had, uh, I think, their father was the first <coughs> homesteader, southwest, you know, McKernan district. Uh-huh. Sure. Yes. So they built this uh, theatre, picture show. Uh-huh. Yes. Now, uh, another hotel in that area was, of course, the Dominion Hotel. Oh, y- yes, yes. I it's still standing it's too. Bit, well, it's yes. uh, sagging, but it's yeah, still there. It's still, yes. Mm-hmm. But uh, the one thing that struck me about the early, early pictures stuff that I've seen, yes. it's a very yes. unusual design, almost oriental. Oh, yeah, oh yes. yes. I have no idea who the architect would be. <laughs> yeah. no, no, the turret on the top. Y- yes, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. So, you were asking who was the, f- the first postmaster. Uh-huh. It was a uh, James uh, Blaine, B L E I A. Oh, he was before Thompson. He was, it was then. It was a, a Harry Wilson, and his son is a solicitor at the present time. Oh, I see. Now, and then the only other postmasters were George uh, Thompson and George Armstrong. Uh-huh. And George Armstrong was uh, uh, here for eighteen years. Uh-huh. And when he retired, I took over for three and a half years. And with no, po- there's no other postmaster appointed. We had clerk in charge after that, okay. and I was a, a clerk in charge for three and a half years after uh, Mr. Armstrong retired, and no extra remuneration, just the same as the, the other clerk had, until I decided <coughs> to give up the responsibility. What years would these have been? Well, oh, shit. Uh, it's been in the 30s. Uh, yes, it would be. Uh-huh. And you know, I have it written down on oh, that. that other, yes. But uh-huh. he was he was postmaster on the north side, and there was an unfortunate thing happened with He was accused, and, but was exonerated. Because who? George Armstrong. Armstrong, yeah. He was exonerated. And we had a postmaster, George Thompson was postmaster then, mm-hmm. and he was all through, he had blood poisoning, and he was all sick. And before he came back on duty, Mr. Armstrong was sent over to the south side. Mm-hmm. As post- it would continue on the north side, you see. I see, yeah. He was sent to the, su- the south side, and he was there for 18 years. Mm. And uh, Mr. Thompson was taken back to Edmonton. Is that right? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He was they had changed places. Uh-huh. It was a very ticklish situation. We had two postmasters for a little while, and and uh, it was really rather hard on George Thompson. But he went over to the north side, and Armstrong continued with us for 18 years. And as I said, three and a half years, I took I ran the post office, uh-huh. yes, and then uh, I gave it. I asked to be relieved of it, the responsibility. Of course, there was somebody who looked after the letter carriers. I didn't have a great deal to do with them. But, but 
but the financial, the accounting and the other work in the office, I was responsible. I enjoyed it, or I guess I wouldn't have mm-hmm. done it to you. Well, during the years that you, the first years that you were in town, yes. 1910 to 13, there were years very dynamic boom and expansion. Oh, yeah. Everybody thought real estate. Is that right? Yes. There used to be a man that used to clear the letterbox, street letterboxes, mm-hmm. and he, he went round with a, a bag over his shoulder in those days. And he, he was a tailor to trade the rest of the time. This, he picking up the meal which is part-time. Mm-hmm. And he'd always come in in the morning. He'd always had a proposition <coughs> to tell the postmaster <laughs> some real estate. Um, yes. Did you stay in the railways? And then he, he gave that job up as uh, picking up the mail, and it was uh, somebody else took over. And they used to go around with a handcart mm-hmm. to pick the clear the letter boxes. And then after a while, he got a horse and attached it to the handcart. Yes. But um, these years, 12, 10 to 13, 10, 12, 13, they soon gave way to uh, a different mood, probably, with the recession of 1913 and the coming of World War One. Yes, things were, were very different then. They were, uh, of course, the, the war was the main topic, and mm-hmm. in fact, uh, they had two, uh, the clock tower, uh, in the clock tower, the weight fell through the floor during the war, mm-hmm. and we thought that the Germans had were going to attack Edmonton, a front yeah. corner. <laughs> the cable broke; it held these huge weights, mm-hmm. and uh, we all ran outside. But it, it was it, we didn't come outside; they just uh, dug into the floor. You see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did the war affect your family? Uh, well, uh, one brother, when we had a young brother just died and as the war started, mm-hmm. and we know that if he had lived, he would have been one of the first to go, but he passed away with pneumonia. The scourge of Canada, it's called it then. Yeah. And then an elder brother, he uh, went over. He was with the 11th field ambulance out of Calgary. Uh-huh. He came back safely. But we knew lots of them that didn't come back. Oh, Bob was a dental mechanic in the in the First mm-hmm. World War. He learned the trade after he joined the army. Mm-hmm. And then when he came back, he started up business for himself in the Tegra building, a dental lab. Mm-hmm. Well, what about the rest of your family now? What, oh. what were they doing? Just say, well, the, the, and after. the sisters got the... Three sisters got married. Mm-hmm. So they were housewives. Housewives, yes. And uh, then there was uh, myself and this sister that's, that's in the hospital now. Mm-hmm. Was she uh, employed? No, she was always at home with my mother, housekeeper. Yeah. My mother was with us till she was 95. Mm-hmm. She lived till she was 95. But this sister that's ill now, she's always been at home. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And one of the sisters that got married worked in the post office with me for nine years. Mm-hmm. Nine years. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
The other one worked in the telephone building, in the telephone building, yeah. the exchange, yes. So yes, we all worked, started to work when we were quite young. <laughs> yeah. Now, right at the end of the war, of course, there was the, uh, the great swine disease. Oh, ye oh yes, the flu, yes. Yeah. Yes, well, then none of us have come to it, I'm glad to see, but everybody had to wear a mask and... and uh, everybody in town? In town for a certain time, yes, a gauze mask, yes. Oh my, it was a very bad time. One of the professors at the university died from that, and uh, if, they got, if they didn't go to bed and stay there, they, they didn't recover. That was the only cure to go to bed and stay there. There was lots of volunteer nurses too. Mm -hmm. They uh, gave, went and helped families that were all mm -hmm. confined to bed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, did uh, did this take many residents of Strathcona? The flu? Yes, well, uh, I couldn't just tell you how. Uh -huh. Numbers, of the, but there was a great many, yes, mm -hmm. yes. And well, then the men folk were overseas, you see, and yeah. a lot of them were in. It's a doubly difficult. Doubly difficult, yes. Mm -hmm. And then my father was accidentally killed at that time. Mm -hmm. He was in an elevator, and the cable broke, and he was killed. And my brother was Alan was it. At home, the only man at home, the mm -hmm. brothers are overseas. Mm -hmm. I see. Mm -hmm. Well, after the war, things tended to pick up a little bit, yes. although not that much. We expected things would go back to what they were like. I myself thought that, but it was quite an awakening to find that things would never be the same again. Mm -hmm. the things were very different. Uh -huh. Yes. People pick up their threads and right. yes. Mm -hmm. So, what were the prominent businesses in Strathcona? Well, the, the main store was the uh, Douglas Brothers, oh, yeah. and, and one of the Mr. Douglases was a, a member of Parliament, you know, the federal government. Sure. And uh, his brother. H. W. B. Douglas. No, that's not. That's his brother. Oh, that's his brother. That's his brother. And they called him hot water bottles, I guess. <laughs> 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 he was in the printing business, yes. Yeah. There's a very large family of the Douglas who came out before our time. But the, the boat they were in was that not them, but their parents were in Sanka and St. Lawrence. Mm. And uh, the, one of the, the survivors became a minister, and he was the father of the Douglas brothers. Mm -hmm. It had the business. It was a very popular place of business. In yeah. fact, when I came here, I went there with my reference to get a job. Oh, I see. But they weren't, kind, they weren't employing anybody, so I got into the post office in the meantime. So. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, another major concern would certainly have been John Gaynor. Oh, yes. Well, yes. Well, my brother-in-law, one of my sisters married Alec MacDonald, and he was vice president of Gaynor. Mm -hmm. when he retired, so we knew, and we knew them in the church too, you see. Mm -hmm. yeah. I remember when Gaynor had a little store here, a small store. Uh, butcher's shop? A butcher's shop, mm -hmm. near the Iroquois Hotel it was, yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. yes and later expanded. Expa oh, yes. There was a, a Mr. McTee was the... Uh, he used to run the school teachers' registrar. The school teachers were... That's how they got their positions, you know, through mm -hmm. someone running a registrar. Well, then he became secretary of Gainer's Packing Plant, and then it grew from then on to what it is today. Mm -hmm. I see. Yeah. What about the Duggins? Did you uh, yeah, yes, the J.J. Um, Duggan, a neighbor of ours, mm -hmm. yes, I can see his home from here. And just that they passed our home, you know, going back and forth. But we didn't uh, know them except past the time of day. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right. They had two sons, Neil and Jack. And uh, Jack, he had, a, yeah, he had a farm just south of the city. It's called Duggan now. Mm -hmm. Yes, that, that was the Duggan farm. Yes. Mm -hmm. What about the Richies? You know oh, yes, I knew them too very well, yes. Robert Ritchie and then he, Grace Ritchie, the daughter, and the sons were uh, Will and Harold and Fred. Oh yes, we knew them, because they had run the mill. Mm -hmm. yes, right. yes, mm -hmm. yes. And Cody MacDonald, he was Cody MacDonald's grandfather. You've heard of Cody MacDonald, mm -hmm. that was his, Cody's grandfather, old Mr. Ritchie. Oh. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, in the period during the war, immediately afterwards, prohibition was introduced. Yes. Mm -hmm. Does that have a great effect on social life at the time? Uh, no, well, they know there was quite a lot of parades, you know, people that were in favour of prohibition. Uh -huh. And then uh, at one time you, you could buy it through the drugstore, they were licensed to sell so much mm -hmm. hard liquor. And, uh, but it caught a, a lot of the viral activity, I guess. Oh, yes, it did. It, it certainly did. Strathcona mm -hmm. Hotel. Yes. What happened to it there in Prohibition? Well, I just... I believe it was uh, a women's college, Westminster yes, College. Yes, it was Westminster College, that's right. Yes, yes. <laughs> a lot of people I know lived there. Well, you know, it was a boarding house. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. Very popular one, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, with the 20s, uh, there was coming up radio. Yes. Oh, yes. Well, that was a, a, a miracle. Uh -huh. Yes. Uh, they had these little crystal sets, you know. And, uh -huh. and we thought it was wonderful to get anything over the radio. Uh -huh. <laughs> Alan was the radio man. He, he got us fixed up with uh -huh. radio. And he used to... I broadcast the ball games which the Mr. Page's team, what was it? Well, the basketball, the grass. Yeah. Oh, we thought it was just wonderful to listen to a game mm -hmm. over the crystal set. <laughs> mm -hmm. yes. Did you know any of the grass? Uh, well, you are Gladys Pry. Uh -huh. she's, she's a Mrs. Douglas who married to, related to those Douglases we were talking about, her husband was. And I knew her mother and sisters too, the uh -huh. Fry family. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. wow. Yes. Now, with the coming of the 1930s, of course, there was a great depression in the Western world. Yes. 
No, you see, people are so used to being scarce of money that it, they took it in the stride. It didn't, it didn't bother us at all. Mm-hmm. They didn't talk about not having money at all. Mm-hmm. They just took it as a matter of course. Mm-hmm. At least our family did. Mm-hmm. And white got scarce too. Mm-hmm. Of course. People were glad of anything, yes. But working for the government, you were sure of your work, even though they didn't pay a great deal. But That's right, yeah. Yes, you had you were sure of your living. We had a threatened strike once. And That's right, a postal strike. Yes. Ah, okay. And we had to, the street cars were on strike, and we uh-huh. had to go over in a truck to the north side to vote. And this was in the 30s? Yes. Uh-huh. And uh, it was, uh, we voted against striking. And there was a Scotsman there who was very angry. He says that it was intimidation. He says, if you understand the significance of the word, those of us that voted not to strike had been intimidated, he said. Mm-hmm. And that was how he put it. He's a little bit like Joe Davidson, I guess. Yes, it was. <laughs> 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 oh, well, that's something. Yeah. Was there much labor tension in the Postal Service? This time there was one. Episode. Oh, there was a letter carrier that wanted to strike, you see. Mm-hmm. And this man that spoke, he was the leader of the letter carriers. Mm-hmm. But we were, we said half a loaf is better than no bread. Mm-hmm. That's how we looked at it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably. Right. Yes. But um, the Depression didn't hit that hard. No, it didn't. No. Now, at this time, Edmonton did start to develop some industry, and um, yes. it later became very industrialized. But Strathcona, as you said, was yes. basically residential uh, and basic. university. Yes. Mm-hmm. What uh, what ethnic groups tended to predominate in Strathcona? Well, I would say the Downish Canadian, what we call the Downish Canadian, because mm-hmm. there was lots of people emigrating. But I would say they, they really were the leaders. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because they, they, the German right. people and the Ukrainians and the Galicians, we called them at that time, they didn't take much interest in the civic affairs, you know. Mm-hmm. We were but they were settled in Strathcona, weren't they? Yeah, they were settled, yes, uh-huh. yes. And in, in the surrounding country, mm-hmm. yes. Well, it's a bit of a German community right now. Oh, yes. Far. Yeah. Oh, yes. Was that always there? Always there, yes. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, I knew quite a lot of them. My next-door neighbor here, her family was one of them, the early settlers here. And they had it pretty tough, too. Yes. Mm-hmm. The Ukrainians, what, what well, areas did they settle? Well, they're really the more active in in civic affairs, I would say, as they are today, they're taking their place pretty much. Uh-huh. And you compare the names in the mm-hmm. paper now with what they were in the hour's time. Mm-hmm. And nearly a great many of uh, second and third generation Ukrainians are taking their place in the civic mm-hmm. affairs. Sure. Yes. Was there any particular area of town, though, that they Well, in? it's usually southeast, the southeast part of the town, mm-hmm. yes. And uh, yes, nearly all down there, in what we call the German Quarter, it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Now, getting back a bit to the earlier years, what happened, of course, was the house. Oh, yes. But Main Street, was that a... Uh, well, that was the, the centre running north and south. Yeah, that was 4th Street. 4th Street now. Was there much business development along Main Street? Uh, no, there wasn't. It was pretty well along White Avenue. Uh, all, all in White Avenue, and, uh, and towards the east, towards 99th Street. Ah, yeah. Yes, there was quite a few. And the buildings are still standing there. Yeah. Yes, well, that was really... The, the, the town was hardly anything west of the post office at all. In fact, uh, the streetcar, the weeds were growing up in the, in the streetcar tracks. Exactly. And there was a little boy killed in playing on these long, this uh -huh. long grass, uh -huh. and they didn't notice him, and the streetcar ran over him. Oh, exactly. Yes. And it's only, that was as far as the cement went in, uh -huh. in the street. 105th Street. Yes, paved. And nothing paved beyond west of that. That's strange, given that the university was further west. Yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, that the high level bridge was going to go yes. to the west. Mm -hmm. It's strange that this area didn't develop. Yes, so isn't it? Yes. Well, they were far seeing those who arranged things, I think. Uh -huh. yes. We knew the man whose farm the university stands on, it was his homestead, uh -huh. Johnny McFadden, and uh -huh. that was his homestead. You knew him? Yes, you? we knew him quite, yes, quite well. What sort of man was he? Well, I, I just knew him too, as a friend, and he was just like another farmer, you know. Uh -huh. yes. Yes. There's a lot, as well as Ukraine, there's a lot of people from the Orkney Islands came here. Oh, and John, uh, John Walter was from the Orkney Islands. Oh, and uh, there's some friends of, uh, what do you call your friends, Alan? There's uh, a garden beside you. Ed, oh, uh, Omen, O-M-E-N-D, Omen. They came from, a lot of the, Early settlers came from the Orkney Islands. Yes. <laughs> yes. Did you know the Walter very well? Uh, well, just he passed our place, our home, when he would come up from the flats. Uh -huh. Yes. There was a, a man that I knew that lived in the, the flats. He lived pretty near the, under the high level bridge. And he came up to the post office one day, first came ahead. Somebody had told him there was a registered letter for him at the post office. Uh -huh. So when it was delivered to him, he found he's been interdicted. Interdicted, not allowed to drink. Yes, <laughs> it was quite a long walk. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. Very disillusioned, I guess. Yes. Important letter. That happening to him. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. The people passed out. See the steps down into Waterdale were just at the end of 105th Street, the street that we mm -hmm. that runs parallel with this building. I see. And so we knew a lot of the people from Walterdale. Uh -huh. Yes. Well, yes, I, I knew, we knew Mr. Walter and, and knew his, some of his relatives, mm -hmm. the Leslie's, uh -huh. another family that were, came from the Orkney Islands. Mm -hmm. And John Walter always thought you knew him now, didn't you? It, what, Al? John William Walter? John oh, Walter. yes, I knew it, John Walter. Two sons. They had two sons. Uh -huh. Yes. Mm -hmm. They're both gone now. Yes. Mm. Well, Jeffy, I think you've 
Well, I'm, I'm, afraid I'm not very good oh, when I'm... I don't say that. It's a lot uh, of information you've given us. Yes. Hmm. Well, uh, it was very interesting work. I enjoyed it, but it was... We didn't expect much of life in those days if you had a job and a, a home and... and uh, well, that was in itself, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This material is a digitized audio recording from the holdings of the City of Edmonton Archives. For more information regarding the recording, please contact us by email at cms.archives at edmonton.ca, by phone at 780-496-8711, or on our online catalog at cityarchives.edmonton.ca.